The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to our continuing adventures of biopsychosocially distant. Mm-hmm. As you know, I am Jordan, the nurse. And I am Kayla, the licensed professional counselor. Yay! <laughs> Finally, for those of you who don't know, um, in the state, well, actually, in, in every state. You have to do postgraduate licensure hours. In Connecticut, you have to do 3,000 hours with 100 hours of supervision. So it took me two years, blood, sweat, and tears, but you did it. Here we are. I did it. It's done. You did it, and it's done. You did the thing. Yes. So what? how are you spending this weekend? I am baby, not babysitting. I'm house sitting my sister's house, which we affectionately call the farm because there are chickens and ducks and a rabbit and laying right at my feet right now as I speak to you is Deegan, who is her about, I think he's eight years old, lab um, border collie mix, Mm. wagging his tail. (laughs) Hi, Deegan. (laughs) He's a very sweet boy. He is. What are you up to? Um, I... Well, I ran, you know, I ran a 5k this morning. Mm-hmm. I haven't raced in a long time. So I did that this morning. Um, my church was doing a takeout barbecue. So after the 5k, I housed three ribs and that was great. And, uh, it's my wonderful husband's birthday tomorrow. So we're going to like, we're, we're going to hang out. Oh, happy birthday, Brian. Yeah. Happy birthday, Brian. My, my honey. So we're just going to hang out. We have ice cream cake. He's a big fan of ice cream cake. And, uh, yeah, I'm coming over. Nice. <laughs> we'll leave you a piece. We'll leave you a piece outside. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I've just kind of yeah. So I've just been doing that, hanging out. Um, it was a good race. It was for the Rotary Club in my town. I didn't know one existed, and I drove by a sign, and it was fifteen bucks, and I was like, eh, I've got fifteen bucks. Why not? Yeah. And I, you like to run? I do like to run. I don't want to brag. I came in fortieth. <laughs> Better than I would do. I'm sure there were more than 40 people running the race. So I was, I, I actually, yeah, my time was good. They actually screwed up. Um, <laughs> they gave me the wrong race number and I'm like, so where's my time? So I had to email, you know, the time finishing people because it was obviously it was, uh, no distance. They were like, put on a mask, go to the starting point, take off the mask, run, put on your mask, leave. <laughs> how this whole thing went yes. so i'm like um where's my time they're like yeah we gave you the wrong number you finished in 32 minutes we'll update the website i guess <laughs> good for you i when i was actively running i think i got down to like 36 minute 5k which is nothing to sneeze about sneeze out it's nothing to sneeze at yeah that's wonderful that's that's fantastic listen any and in, in running and racing is a really supportive sport. It's not competitive. Yeah. There's like, there's, well, 95% of the time, it's not really competitive. There are the people that are going to win the race and hats off to them. Um, and then there's everybody else. Right. 
And, and I remember uh, whenever I went for a run and still, I obviously I still run every now and then now mm-hmm. I don't be right now because I haven't in a long time and it's really hot. Mm. But anyways, there were always people of all levels. Yeah. Oh yeah. On the, tra- uh, the track or the trail or wherever mm-hmm. it was. So the same thing at races, everybody and everybody's like, everybody's super supportive. Like, yes. yeah, it's not like, oh, you suck. You didn't do fat. You know, everybody's really encouraging and really supportive. And we got this. We can do it. Good job, everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, it's kind of a good sport for me because I'm not athletic, nor am I competitive. Right. Exactly. Me neither. Yep. yep. And people, well, I'm a little bit competitive. I'm a Leo, but. <laughs> and you have fabulous hair. <laughs> Thank you. You are both. I mean. Com- you're both competitive and you have fabulous hair. My mom's a Leo too. Good people. Mm-hmm. Good people. So in our little episode today, um, so 2020 has done a lot of things and very few of them are good. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so our top interests have been Tiger King and epidemiology and systematic racism. Yes. Some of those And are- waiting for the aliens to come and take us home because we don't want to be here anymore. Sarah, every time I wake up and I'm like, all right, so what now? Mm-hmm. So some What's of today, what happened today? <laughs> what happened today? So some of those things are more productive than others. Tiger King, not productive. Um, <laughs> everyone on that show sucks. Except the person who got their arm bitten off. They were the only sensible yeah, one. They were. They and were. I, I heard additional information about that person. I can't remember what I had heard. Like they, they left out part of their story. Right. Like that it was even more horrifying. Exactly. Yes. And they were, yeah, they were the only sane one. Mm-hmm. So, so Joe was in prison. Carol might've killed her husband anyway. Oh, and the media manager guy. He was my favorite. Which one was he? The one, the one with the, they were like talking to him in a coffee shop and he had like a crocodile Dundee hat on. Oh, he that was, was like, he's like, yeah, Joe's fucking nuts. <laughs> I love that guy. Actually, I, I anybody with a limb missing in that show was sensible. The, the guy with no legs was really cool. Like, yes. <laughs> the person who had one arm was really cool. <laughs> However, I do love the light. I am never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> also, no one ever talked about this, that his singing voice was drastically different from his speaking voice. <laughs> Hey, talk like this. And then he sang like this. Yeah, he's kind of he, he's kind of like a mulleted Millie Vanilli. I don't think that was him singing. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, I'm never going to financially co- recover from this. Me, every time I go to Ulta. That and me just like this entire year. It's You're either like very unsafe, very strapped for cash, or both. Mm-hmm. So, so we've had a lot of things this year and epidemiology or the study of how diseases spread and affect populations of people is kind of been at the top of our priority. And that's what epidemiology is. Um, For those of us with a brain, yes. Which is fewer and fewer as the days wear on. Um, Seems like it, yes. And it's something like in in illness and diseases um, is something that people have taken for granted up until recently, unless it's sort of your job or your function in life. I've always nerded out about it, but we take it for granted because there really hasn't been anything as of late to really cripple us like, you know, like COVID-19 has. It's definitely one of those things where, oh, 
I think up until now, we were kind of just like, oh, that's never going to happen here. You know, that happens in like a third world country. But I mean, or in some we're, <laughs> we're very far from being a third world country, it feels like. But yeah, yeah. It, it, up until now, I think it was always just like, no, not here. I would love that if this was in a if I was reading about this somewhere, I would be thrilled. I'd be fascinated if this was an episode mm-hmm. of The Twilight Zone, which it feels like I'm waiting for Rod Sterling yeah. to show up with a mm-hmm. cigarette. So, so today I'm going to talk about um, one of the most famous epi- epidemiologic cases in American history. Mm-hmm. Brr, brr, drum roll. Before all this, before all this, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what it's about. I'm just going to, I'm going to do the slow reveal, even though, Ooh, okay. even though this episode totally has a listing on it and it's going to say what it is, but you know, <laughs> yes, but I'm people just, might not know the details. Right. So we'll start. So to quote Maria Von Trapp, let's start at the very beginning with how start at the very beginning with how diseases spread. That's what <laughs> she's she like. Was. I'm just gonna pretend you didn't do that. <laughs> no, actually, that's what I was gonna do. And I sometimes write jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I was gonna sing it and then very flatly say with how diseases spread. Yes. Okay. Because that's what she was talking about the whole time. Mm. Also, she didn't like Nazis. We liked her. Yes. True. We also, we love a triad on this show. So I give you the epidemiologic triad. Okay. As opposed to the McDonald triad. Yes, not the McDonald triad. The McDonald triad. McDonald's. So for, starting off, you have a host. Not yes, like, like us. Like the hostess. I am the hostess with the leastest, as I typically <laughs> take a nap and have two cocktails before anybody comes to my house. You are the one that puts, just like me, the one that puts up that sign that says, please leave by 9 p.m. When I was looking at um, cross-stitching patterns that I wanted to get, I wanted to get one that said, please leave by 9. I know. That's my rule. I, no kid. You know when I want people to leave my house, I go upstairs and shower. I just tell them. I'm like, all right, I'm going to kick you out. Now I got to go to bed. See you. Bye. I don't care if people stay. I just don't want to be there. If you want to hang out still, I'm going to I'm going to take a shower. If you want to be here still, that's fine. Let yourselves out. But right. I, I'm not entertaining you anymore. Not that I really entertained, entertained you to begin with. So the hostess with the leastest is the one who gets and receives the disease. Mm-hmm. An agent <laughs> or an agent which is the disease, and an environment in which the disease thrives. Okay. So you have a pathogen that causes a disease. I'm saying pathogen because it could be a virus, it could be a bacteria, it could be a fungus. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say pathogen, among other things. All right. I want to think about a fungus being in my body, like inside my body. There's fungus all there. Honey, Bobby, there's good fungus all over you. Is there? Yeah, yeast on your skin. This is true. Um, I'm thinking like mushrooms. No, not like yeah. Well, that's that's a fungus too. But we we need and we have bacteria on our skin too. There's good bacteria, yeah, and in our tummies and stuff. But yeah, I'm thinking like um, well, of course, The Last of Us Two just came out, which is a video game where people become zombies because um. There's like a spore released from, I don't know where it comes from. I wasn't really paying attention, but Mm. they become zombies because of this fungus, essentially. And like some of them look like they have mushrooms for heads. Ew. So, and that's, it's it's an actual thing that affects uh, bugs, I think, like ants. That's that's where they came up with the, the fictional zombie disease from. 
which is scary to me. I don't like it. That is. <laughs> At this point, the zombie anyway. apocalypse is just like a couple of weeks. It's happening. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. And fungi- athlete's foot is a fungus. Yes, I know. Which yes. is gross. Which, eh, it's not the worst thing in the world. So, and then we have the environment. The environment could be a person, an animal, dirt, water, dead stuff. You get the idea. Where where a pathogen grows, thrives, multiplies, all that happy horse shit. So a pathogen infects somebody. I'm going to use the person for the sake of argument. Um, This person becomes the new home for the pathogen. The pathogens have pathogen sex, set up a tastefully decorated home, and then... I'm, I'm sure they got their furniture at Ikea. I'm sure, or Wayfair. Um, we're not sponsored. Wayfair is hiding children. Isn't that the new meme? Oh, God, is it? Is it really? <laughs> yes, I don't know where. I, I'm i not up to date on that news, but there's some sort of meme so going gotta- around about Wayfair trafficking children, and people are like, where in their furniture? <laughs> like, what? Listen, you have to you have to really cut corners with what news stories you're gonna. No, uh, I really hope they're not trafficking children. We do I'm not. I'm sure they're not. That. I'm hope not. I. Uh. So, all right. So the so the pathogen grows, multiplies, and becomes a problem. So, how are the disease transmitted? A portal of exit. So, respiratory expectorate. When you cough mm-hmm. or sneeze, mm-hmm. all the little particles that fly out, urine, feces, blood, wound drainage, vaginal, seminal fluids, bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. I came up with that list, by the way, a little a little quicker than I like to admit. Um, <laughs> so, I, and I was thinking of that as I was typing this out. I'm like, okay, what are the portal? Okay, so how do diseases get out? I'm like, oh, bu- 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 I didn't have to look that one up. Whatever comes out of your body, essentially. Correct, basically. So the pathogen leaves the body. It's left its long-term relationship with your body. Now it's looking for a rebound mm-hmm. and all of its shit back. Mm-hmm. So it needs to get inside. It needs to get inside a new a new host. Okay. So how is it going to get inside a new host? You can get in through direct contact, which is skin-to-skin touching, kissing, physical contact, droplet spread, which is close contact where droplets, your spits containing the pathogen, spray out. This is why you want to wear a mask. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sneezing, coughing, talking, singing. Sound familiar? You're just naming the things that we've done so far in this podcast. Correct. Oh, wait. We didn't sneeze or cough yet. No, no, because that because you don't want to do that these days in public. No way. No. Mm. And then you do so that everyone will stay away from you. It's a tactic. It works. I want to do that anyway. I hate seeing the videos of people that are like coughing at people when they're being told. I think you should be able to mace them, but that's just me. <laughs> the people who are coughing, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're classifying it as an act of domestic terrorism. So it is. It is. It is. And then the scariest one is airborne. So the pathogens exit through the droplets and hang in the air. So you can just walk right into them. So count your like blessings. Perfume. Like what you're supposed to do with perfume, spray, spray delay, delay and walk, and walk away. away. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very few things are truly, truly airborne. Mm-hmm. Measles is, I believe. And then we have vehicle transmission when something is passed through food, water, et cetera. Vector okay. transmission when the pathogen is passed um, passively through an animal like a mosquito. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So it's spreading and how is it going to get into the, the new body? A portal of entry, logically mm-hmm. enough. 
Um, so an access point, and it has to get into the area of the body that the pathogen affects. So it needs to get into the respiratory tract if it's a respiratory infection, which it could get through through your nose and your mouth, or um, if it affects the GI system, you know how much I love talking about poop. Um, <laughs> it gets in through the oral fecal route, which is as gross as it sounds. Yep. So shit particles get in the mouth. Yep. Everybody talks out of their ass. The GI tract is all connected. And also um, pathogens can enter through broken skin, contact with blood, um, mm -hmm. hepatitis getting shared through needle, needle sharing, mucous membranes, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, anything pink can also be a portal of entry. Sleep, um, sleep type, kids. <laughs> also sex. Yes. Yeah. Mucous membrane. <laughs> yeah. Mucous membrane. Your vagina. Wrap it before you tap it, folks. Right. It absorbs. Just just think it absorbs beautifully in that nice pink. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Unless you're with a long term partner, then you know what? Whatever. But still be honest with each other. Thank and you. if you're not monogamous, yes. get yes. get uh, tested regularly. We don't judge here. No. I got to the bottom of my Manhattan and had to eat my cherry. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to keep Deegan from barking. He's, I don't know if you can hear him in the background, but he's been growling because um, no, I can hear him. Like many border collies, he is obsessed with shadows. So whenever he sees them, he, he tries to like catch them, I guess. Huh. He's chill now. He's chill now. The cats don't do that. But if I, if I use one of my glasses that are actually crystal and I got a new mixing glass, which I was pretty excited about, and I rub my finger over on the rim and it whistles, they go nuts. <laughs> They're like, what? what is this witchcraft, you lovely creature, you, mommy? Clover is at grandma and grandpa's house this weekend. Aw. I think they're going to let her stay up as late as she wants and <laughs> feed her snacks. My mother does. She what does, does she feed her? She gives her extra treats. Oh, that's fine. All right. So we found out how diseases spread. Basically, they get into the body. They get out of the body. They get into another body mm -hmm. through any host of ways. So let's talk about typhoid. Let's talk about typhoid. typhoid. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about diseases that affect the disenfranchised. Okay. So let's get a little more specific in our story here. We're going to talk about typhoid fever. You probably figure out who I'm going to talk about. Again, you've already seen the title of this, but, you know, mm -hmm. building anticipation. So typhoid fever is an illness call, caused by the bacteria Salmonella typhi, not the Salmonella on raw chicken. It's, okay, so I can I can continue licking raw chicken. Um, for the sake of typhoid, yes. For the sake of food poisoning, I would stop. Okay. Am I am I infringing on your civil liberties by telling you not to eat raw chicken? Yes, that's against my constitutional rights. Well, then you can eat raw chicken, but you cannot make me food. Are okay. you are you seeing where we're going with this, people? <laughs> all right. So it's it's so it's a bacterial infection. Mm -hmm. It's spread through contaminated food and water and through person-to-person -person contact. It does not affect animals. So basically, it's spread through the oral fecal route. So somebody comes into contact with contaminated food and water. The disease makes, the bacteria makes its way through the GI tract, stool. Uh, it's excreted through the stool. As we know, bacteria can come out through your stool because your body's trying to eliminate it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't practice <clears throat> good hand hygiene, which we all should have been doing before there was a pandemic. Uh, but apparently I mean, there was a lot of things we should have been doing 
from it. <laughs> anyway, you can you can contaminate your hands, and if you were to prepare food, you start the vicious cycle all over there again. Yep. So the disease uh, presents with high fever, hence the name typhoid fever, rash, which can sometimes happen with fevers, abdominal pain, diarrhea or constipation, and loss of appetite. So uh, specific to the GI tract. It's not common in the United States, at least freaking yet, because I don't even know anymore. It's most commonly seen in developing countries that have poor sanitation and limited access to clean water. Mm-hmm. It still affects 11 to 21 million people per year, though. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, let that sink in. Um, there is a vaccine and it can be treated with antibiotics. However, um, it's becoming more resistant to antibiotics. Which we're seeing, which uh, we're seeing more of that now. We're seeing that with MRSA, which is um, an infection, a bacterial infection that's um, it's a staph infection that's resistant to, uh, I believe it's penicillin, and um, which is why you should only take antibiotics if you absolutely need them. You should only take antibiotics if you have a bacterial infection, mm-hmm. and and we've come a long way. We can. Take a sample of, you know, if you have a respiratory infection, if you have a wound infection, if you have an infection in your urine, they can culture it and see what antibiotics will work. That's brilliant. I haven't had an antibiotic in literal years. Knock on wood. I have not either. And there's also a vancomycin, which is a really, really, really heavy duty antibiotic. There are um, antibiotics, there are um, uh, pathogens, uh, bacteria that are resistant to vancomycin. Mm Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah, that is really, really scary. And vancomycin is a, that stuff is no joke. So we're seeing more and more resist. And also finish your antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Finish the whole thing. Even if you start to feel better. It's kind of like antidepressants. When people start to feel happier, they're like, oh, I don't need these anymore. Correct. It doesn't work that way. And that's directly, that's how um, you get supra infections. So Mm -hmm. basically you get just enough of the antibiotic in your body for the bacteria to go, oh, so this is what they're trying to use to kill me. And they figure, and they basically figure out how to fight it off. They figure out how to become resistant Mm -hmm. to it because you basically tip your hand. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's typhoid fever. In general with diseases, we have learned this. It affects people with compromised immune systems, the elderly who frequently have multiple comorbidities and children whose immune systems are not developed. Mm -hmm. So that's typhoid fever. All right. So let's talk about Mary. Let's talk about Mary. Let's talk about Mary. There's there's something about her. Yeah. Typhoid. Um, So, (laughs) all right. So you might've figured out we're talking about Mary Mallon, who was referred to as typhoid Mary. I'm going to call her Mary though. I'm going to really try not to perpetuate that, even though it's a, well-known talking point. That's what she was called in, uh, that's what she was called in the media. And she was, um, she was not treated well. So let's, we'll delve into that. We'll try to give her some of her humanity back. Let's, let's talk about her a little bit. Um, so Mary was an Irish immigrant. She was born in 1869 and emigrated to the United States in 1884. So this would make her, uh, she was in her mid teens, 15, 16. So when she immigrated to New York, she became a cook for New York's highfalutin types. Which is a very cushy job to have. It was a good job. Yes, yes. That was um, in the service industry. Being a cook for rich folk was as well as 
as well as you could do in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had a job in 1906. So that would, I've been trying to put her age in parentheses. <laughs> so she was in her, in her 30s, like 20s, 30s. Yeah. Uh, she was working for a family in their Long Island summer home. Must be nice. On Oyster Bay. Jeez, even back then. Now I know. It wasn't long, though, until 11 people came down with typhoid fever in the house. Hmm. And at the time, hmm. and at the time, and still, it was a disease that was associated with the poor. Um, so rich people, so rich people got it and people promptly lost their shit. Uh Um, so, so much so that the family hired Epic Mustachioed sanitary engineer, Richard Soper, to figure out why the hell this poor people's fever got into their very fancy house. Mm -hmm. Okay. Leave it to Richard. Beep, beep, Richie. (laughs) Rich, no, George Soper. Did I say Richard? Yeah, I think oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. George Soper. It was George. George Soper. So he did an inspection. By the way, I wrote this at like midnight. So and they deduced that the typhoid um, was passed through food. Okay. Which makes good sense. And they went through the menu that was prepared. They originally thought it was clams, but not everybody that had gotten sick had eaten the clams. And they came to figure out that it was from a peaches and ice cream dessert that was served. Wow. How unfortunate. Something you're treating yourself with gives you typhoid fever. And this is all, this isn't, this isn't just why I hate fruit-based desserts, but you know, it's really, it's on the list. Um, Let me say, he, they gave it a better investigation than it. I don't know if you've ever heard about this story. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but in our state of of Connecticut in the town of Griswold back in Mm -hmm. like the late 1800s, there -hmm. was this family who like died they died one by one whoops and they became known as the griswold vampires because they had believed that one of them the first person who died was coming back from the dead and killing the other ones sounds legit so they got the very custom if if i recall correctly they got the very customary like vampire burials what are the the customary vampire burials it depends depends. yeah so sometimes their arms are crossed over their chest. Sometimes I believe a a stake is put in between their jaw, like in their jawbone so that they can't bite down. Theoretically, sometimes their skull is removed. Um, sometimes they're buried at a crossroads. I mean, the fear of vampires goes back centuries. So well, yeah. People did all sorts of things. But um, I mean, it was eventually revealed that I they didn't, I, I can't remember what, very, I think it was um, tuberculosis that they were all coming down with, getting it from each other. And that makes the sense. Your family died, but they were like, "That's vampires." It's like, nope, it's just tuberculosis. <laughs> I love that people automatically want to go to some crazy thing instead of, "Oh, there's a perfectly reasonable scientific explanation for this." Nope, vampires. Yep. <laughs> tuberculosis fascinates me too because it's in the bacteria that causes it is in like a protective. It's like a water balloon. That's kind of what I always likened it to. Like, I can't think of the name of it, but it reminds me of a water balloon. So it makes it even harder to kill. And so it was Clostridium difficile or C. diff, um, which causes a very special diarrhea. The thing was, is that like TB was very common around that time. You would think that that would be like one of the first things that they would consider. But no, vampires, vampires. It was vampires, I tell you. And in this case, it was peaches and ice cream. Um, the reason being, it wasn't cooked. Ah, uh, yes. Couldn't kill, couldn't kill the typhoid. 
Which is interesting because I would think that if you want to make like a peach compote, is that how you say it? Compote, yeah. Compote. Yeah. You you would want to cook it into like a sauce with sugar and everything. I think it was just like fresh peaches on top of the ice oh, cream. Okay. Um, so she was just touching it with her typhoid hands. Oh no, Mary. Her come on. Poopy typhoid hands, as it were. And we're, I'm not I'm not coming for Mary. I am not judging Mary here. This was a hundred years ago, hundred over a hundred years ago. So our little Georgie, George Soper, didn't mean to call him didn't mean to call him Richard. <laughs> he was kind of a dick though. Cause he tracked yeah. he tracked down our Mary and basically said, You are accidentally killing people and demanded a stool sample. Oh. I don't know what I would do if somebody came up to me and demanded a stool sample. Mary chased him away with a carving fork. You yeah, might- that might be what it, yeah, I would probably do that. And he like kept following her. He like kept coming, he kept tracking her down and was like, you're killing people. Give me your poop. <laughs> and she was like, chasing her down the street. People are like, what the fuck is going on? Well, it, listen, it was, it was the turn of the century and she was Irish. They were probably like, give it to him. Yeah, that's true. So she chased him away using a carving fork. I can't blame her. No. And actually, I got that information. I read his personal journal about this. And the fact that he admitted to her chasing him with a carving fork, I really appreciate. <laughs> he was like, mad respect. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I, most people would have left that out of the story, but he said something. So I'm okay with that. So George kept researching stalking her basically and um found out that eight previous families that she had worked for had an outbreak of typhoid so she got that we know of 22 people sick some of them died dun 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 so george took the information that he had procured to the new york health department and mary was chased chased and i i use the term deliberately uh by a health inspector by the name of josephine baker I appreciate all doctors in this era that were female because I know it wasn't easy, but she was kind of a haunt and mm-hmm. uh, and two police officers. And they chased her for hours until she was finally carried into an ambulance. And some reports that Josephine Baker sat on her until they got to the <laughs> hospital. Wasn't Josephine Baker also the name of a very famous dancer? I think it might have been. It was jo- I think I think it might have been, but it was spelt differently. Oh, OK. I could be making that up too. Um, she was taken to the hospital and forced to give a stool sample. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> it was probably her being locked into the bathroom until she pooped. So the sample came back positive for salmonella typhi. And she was sent to quarantine on New York's North Brother Island, where they mm-hmm. tried every cure and every shitty idea they had to get rid of her typhoid, including removing her gallbladder, which they thought was where the bacteria was located. But they basically said they were guessing. They were like, we think this might help. Oh, no. I know people were kind of like guinea pigs back then, especially people who were not wealthy. And she wasn't. She was uh, female immigrant poor. Mm hmm. And Irish, which we're not favorable, we're not favorable at that time. Well, I I think even at that time, Irish people weren't considered white. As no, well. no. Mm-hmm. So there you go. She was also a Deegan. <laughs> Hi, Deegan. <laughs> she was also a, uh, I'm gonna, a, a technically a woman of color at that point. She was. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so after two years, she was quarantined for two years. They sued her for her release. Um, she sued them for her release, claiming that mm-hmm. she had never been sick. She said, I have not been sick of typhoid with typhoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we know, it's a nasty disease. She probably 
she probably knew people who had had it. And she said, I haven't had this. I have not been sick. Um, so she was finally released after almost three years, but they made her crap. Yeah. But they made her promise that she would never cook again and that she would check in with the health department every three months. Uh, that's what they do to me after after someone has dinner at my house. They're like, please don't ever cook again. You're a good cook. <laughs> and we're calling the health department. <laughs> and you need to go see them every three months. So so Mary promptly disappeared and started working under another name. And yeah, I would. As a cook. Uh-huh. She, she tried to find other employment. But like we said, this was sort of the best job she could get. And she had to work under another name because they've already po- they'd already posted or published articles about typhoid Mary, which the articles are freaking awful. They show her like cracking eggs, but the eggs look like skulls and shit. Like, yeah, like I've seen them. Like she did it on purpose. It's like that's a little dramatic. That is that is a lot dramatic. Yeah, tone it down. So she evaded the health department for five years. Until she started working in a hospital, which was a bad move. I agree. Yes. And there was a typhoid outbreak in the hospital. <laughs> Mary, wash your damn hands. She she didn't. She had no. She had never been sick. She had no reason to believe that she was sick. Mm-hmm. And this was before it was like common knowledge that we should we should all just be washing our hands after we use the bathroom. Right. So. You know, they found her again, sent her to North Brother Island again around 1917 and said, "Okay, you're done. She remained there. I'm going to say, did they have like a come to Jesus conversation with her? They're like, listen, bitch, they do this. They're like, look, you're stuck. They gave her a job as a lab assistant. Oh, all right. She probably liked that. And she stayed there until her death in 1936. So she stayed there for almost 20 years. Um, She was in good health until 1932. When she had a stroke that left her permanently disabled, she lived in a bungalow on the island. They liked to do that when they when they had like leper colonies and stuff like that. They liked to put them in those little bungalows on islands. That's that's what basically she was on. She was on an island in a bungalow. She was a leper. Basically, mm-hmm. that's how she was treated. What kind of like irks me a little bit is they gave her a job as a lab assistant. Couldn't they have done that like a quarantine ago? Like if they like said, okay, here is a job that pays you just as well as being a cook. She wouldn't have cared. Exactly. She was like, I just give me money so I can live here, folks. Right. They And she ended up, they like after a while, um, she was allowed to go into New York by herself. She was kind of given free reign. But still, you know, she was still in quarantine. She was still kind of right. held hostage, still held mm-hmm. hostage, basically, until her death. Per per soap, and this is important to say, the the rumor is that they did an autopsy on her and found that her gallbladder was loaded with salmonella typhi. But per um, Soper's Wait, note, I thought they removed her gallbladder. No, they offered to, and she said no. Oh, they offered to. Yeah, they offered to, and she said no. I'm <laughs> She's like, you don't even know what the hell reason there would be to take my gallbladder. Right. Um, And per um, George Soper's notes, um, there was no autopsy. And I feel like if there was, he would have said something about it. Mm. Yeah, he seemed pretty uh, shady. Yeah, he's well, he did seem pretty shady, but he would have said there was there was an autopsy and her gallbladder was loaded with salmonella. See, I was right this whole time. Yeah, exactly. So I'm calling bullshit on that one. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. Like it just lived in her gallbladder forever, but didn't affect her. Well, we're going to talk about what happened. Okay. Um, so Mary was a healthy carrier of typhoid. 
Mm-hmm. So and what does that mean? What does that I mean? Sen- I sense the word asymptomatic coming up. That is You do sense that word. So we don't know how she got it. If I had to give my best guess, I would say she had a really mild case of it when she was a kid. Yeah. She probably had it in Ireland when she was younger, and it was probably super mild. Mm-hmm. So she was a healthy carrier of typhoid. That means that people can still carry the bacteria and still spread the disease while them without themselves being sick. They are asymptomatic. They have no symptoms of the disease and they can still spread the disease. This is super dangerous. Yes. Healthy people. And also the reason why we want everyone to wear a mask right now. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> because the simple reason, healthy people tend to do more things than sick people. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Because you don't feel like shit. So mm. healthy so healthy carriers can spread the disease a lot faster and do a lot more damage. So yeah. between one in 6% of people infected with salmonella typhi become healthy carriers, which is more substantial than you would think. All right. So back to our original conversation of between 11 million and 21 million get mm-hmm. people get it every year. So if we go on the low end and say 11 million people get it, and then if 1% of those people become healthy carriers, that's 110,000 people. 110,000 people? Become healthy carriers of typhi, typhoid. Yikes. Forget it. So the bacteria, so they did research on this. There's still... Uh, still not a ton of information on healthy carriers. So Mm -hmm. bacteria can do this because once it gets into your body, your body has what's called an inflammatory response, which is basically what your body does when you get sick. Mm -hmm. So salmonella typhi is a pretty hardy bacteria and it can survive the inflammatory response. So the salmonella typhi can live inside uh, macrophages, which are types of white blood cells. Okay. So basically the bacteria can live in the white blood cells. Your white blood cells are what fight your infection. So it's a really Mm -hmm. freaking smart little bug. Oh, okay. So they can hang out in your body and then you could still shed the virus, which is basically, it's not, I'm, I'm getting my COVID mixed up because we say shed the virus a lot. (laughs) They can shed the bacteria through your feces and affect other people. So if you're, um, so if the bacteria in your body can survive the initial assault of the, um, of your body trying to fight against the bacteria and live long enough to get inside, um, your macrophages, um, they can live in your body still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So don't keep my uh, my food in my bathroom near the toilet is what you're telling me. That is what I am telling you. Okay. Am I'll I encroach am I encroaching on your civil liberties again? Yeah. I don't like that. So you can keep your food in your bathroom, but you cannot feed anybody else your food. I don't care if you feed <laughs> <laughs> or you have to tell people that you're Leave keeping the toilet your- chicken alone. You have to tell, b- before you make yourself some cordon bleu, you have to tell people Ugh. toilet chicken. And if they want to eat your toilet chicken, that's their business. <laughs> I'm, okay. a, I'm a big fan of satire. All right. So what can we learn from this? We can learn a lot of things from this. And I feel like we end up saying this in every episode. Disenfranchised people just get screwed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, just like they are with this virus right now. Yeah, poor people. Yeah, poor people. Yeah, poor people, um, minorities. People of color, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. People working jobs that are deemed essential that are not, you know, you and I who are 
reasonably right. fairly compensated and given the proper equipment to yes. do our jobs. Well, for uh, the most part. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Mary was an Irish immigrant. She was the vilified ethnic group of the day. We, we right. change it periodically. Yeah, we change it. Yeah. She carried a disease that affected poor people and gave it to rich people. Everybody lost their minds. Mm-hmm. And if this had happened to her own family, say... Probably nobody would have batted an eyelash. It probably, and you know, she was probably living in close quarters and she probably did give it to people in her yeah. own community, but it wasn't investigated. It was, okay, this is disease of poor people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, somebody got it and then they all live close together. So they all got it. No one understood why, uh, you know, no one understood why she was getting everybody sick and they just kind of figured they t- would just tell her to go away and she would. <laughs> I do that with people in my life sometimes. Well, we all know that they, you know, they don't. Uh, Um, Being being a cook was basically her best crack at making a living. And she didn't have a ton of opportunities. Not to, no pun intended, but it was her bread and butter. And what sucks is they definitely, they, they had resources to help her. They gave her a job when they quarantined her the second time. Mm -hmm. So it makes, it makes no, it makes no kind of sense. The one thing I will say, so Mary, I love you. I love you. I don't blame you at all. This is an example of not listening to experts. Mm -hmm. And even though from our 2020 perspective, they didn't know a hell of a lot. They still were the, they still had the most information. They knew that it was foodborne and they knew that she was spreading it. Mm -hmm. They didn't know exactly why and they didn't know exactly how, but they knew she was spreading it. Um, We always want to feel like we know best. And sometimes we do. And not always. I'm not saying blindly listen to people. But if they say, okay, you have gone to these places and these people have gotten sick, you we can agree that you are cooking food for these people and they are getting a foodborne illness. Do you think that's maybe something that you did? Right. And my thing is like, I'm not an expert in those sort of areas. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. So I'm going to, I'm going to listen to the people who have specialized training, years of specialized training. Yeah. Even if I don't necessarily like what they're saying, like if I go to, if my car is making funny noises and the mechanic says, okay, your whatever is broken. See, that's how much I know about cars. (laughs) I have to, I have to trust them. They know best. I, I have no, I, I have to, you know, I have to go to somewhere where I, trust. And thankfully I have people in my life that know shit about cars and I could say, hold on, please. Hey, is this right? Yes. This is, you know, that's what's probably wrong with your car. Right. Nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. Right. Nothing wrong with getting a second opinion at all, but you have to trust the people that you're, you have to, you have to be able to trust people. You have to vet people well enough to say, okay, I don't know anything about this, but you do. I have to pay $5,000 to get my cars fixed. Well, so be it. Right. I need my car to work appropriately and I don't get a new car at that point. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I just bubbled out with $5,000. So this could have been prevented. She didn't have, she had access to a good amount of people, especially when she went and worked in a hospital. Mm-hmm. That was truly, that was truly, truly terrible. And it was actually, um, I didn't write this in there. I believe it was like a women's hospital, like an OBGYN hospital. So that was, uh, that's quite a population oh, yeah. of people to really affect. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it could have it could have very well per- been prevented and it could have been handled a lot better. I'm not trying to vilify really anybody in the story. I feel like everybody was sort of working with 
Oh, God. Well, I was just going to say it's kind of a, a everyone sucks here sort of thing. Right. <laughs> everybody screwed up. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Everybody screwed up, but everybody thought they were doing the right thing. Mary, yeah, like, I am not. True. And it makes good sense. Mary's like, I was not sick. And mm-hmm. they're like, yes, you were sick. Deal with it. Like, not like, okay, you're sick. You want to come rinse bottles for us in the lab? Mm-hmm. And then she would have probably been like, okay. Right. <laughs> All right, fine. You know, it could have, um, it just could have been handled. It could have been handled a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's a story of Mary Mallon and the typhoid fever caper. Did the household, the people in the household recover from typhoid fever? Some, some did, some died. Oh, okay. And I believe Mary like took care of some of the, like when the kids got sick, yeah. I believe she like took care of some of them too. So I don't think she had any malice at all. I think, no, no, no. yeah. No, this isn't like you're like an angel of death sort no, of situation. No, no, not at all. No. You've got a dot, dot, dot nurse who no. kills people. <laughs> no. And I, and I think that's honestly, I think that's very rare as we've learned. Even the people that do wrong are sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. No, that's rare. But or it could have been another common um, thing at that in that day and age was to poison the people of your household because it was very it was a lot harder to detect right because you could you could say like oh they had typhoid fever they had I don't know they got yeah it. right yeah and plus sanitation really wasn't what it you know what it is now right you could poison and plus you can poison a well you can really you can really Do you know what and i learned i honestly i learned this from the a podcast my favorite murder but they for a brief period of time i think it was lie that they made it you had to like provide your identification to purchase it and give them the reason why you needed it because so many people were killing their families with I'm poison. Sure. Yeah, it's like Sudafed. It's like Sudafedrin now, um, which is what, which is um, how you make crystal meth. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I remember having to explain that when I worked at a pharmacy. People oh, like, yeah, sorry. Why do I have to give you my license? And I'd be like, well, people use this to make crystal meth. Like I didn't know what else to see. In That's meth. exactly what you say. This is this is an ingredient in crystal meth. I'm really sorry. I know you have a cold. <laughs> right. Like, I know, I'm sure that's not what you're using it for. And they would be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, the same with, um, same with controlled substances. It goes into a database. Yes, it does. As it should. Mm-hmm. Stack the deck in everybody's favor. Mm-hmm. And also we've, and also, um, you want to, people are saying their civil liberties are being trampled on. You are not getting pulled out of your place of work, sat on in an ambulance and locked into a bathroom until you shit. So. Right. And just in general, I think people really, really need to read the constitution because I think we're having a vast misunderstanding of what's in that document. (laughs) I ran and, and I'm not saying don't live your life. I ran a race today. I ran a 5k. So. Mm -hmm. We had to get our results online. If you win an award, which surely I did not, it gets mailed to you. And they okay. said, when you get out of, they said, when you get out of your car, have your mask on. When you finish the race, put a mask back on. Right. I mean, run the ma- and stay six. It's not that hard. No, no. And it was, a be- and it was a wonderful race and we had a nice turnout and they started us in waves and it was great because, um, we were spaced out. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say that meme that I sent you earlier today, which I'll, I'll post it on our Instagram, but yeah. um, it's it says like, um, it's like, what is it? Ukraine. Ukraine is where Chernobyl is, right? So yeah. it says like Ukraine, 
you can't be in here without protective equipment. This is Chernobyl. And it's just like Americans and it's Kid Rock walking <laughs> <laughs> through Chernobyl without like any a shirt on. on yeah. No shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how the rest of the world is seeing us right now, which is disturbing. Right. And I'm not saying masks are perfect, the be all end all. Honestly, the best thing you can do is hand washing and socially di- and social distance. The masks help. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect. And we right. don't, and honestly, uh, we don't know enough about this. We don't know enough about this virus. No. And I would rather be overprotective than underprotected. Yes. And I kind of like a mask. It's really got, it's, it, it, my makeup routine is simple now. I don't mind. Mine is just moisturizer. Mine is too. <laughs> Mine is, and um, I put a clear gel on my eyebrows. Other than that, it's nothing. So, no. Yeah. So we can learn, so we can learn a lot. There's, the story is not always what we think it's going to be. There's always more that we don't know, and that's okay. And we kind of have to deliver new information with as much compassion as possible. Mm-hmm. We do. Even though we bust everybody's chops, but, you know, a little satire is important. Mm-hmm. Too. But at the end of the day, if you weren't wearing a mask this whole time and you decide to wear a mask, that's awesome. I'm not going to fault you for deciding for educating yourself and deciding you wanted to do better. I'm cool with that. Right. Exactly. No. (laughs) Well, there are people who will attack you, but we won't. No, no. You, you'll, you'll have other friends. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't make it. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. And the people saying that it, Makes you look weak to wear a mask, that nice toxic masculinity. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm a man. That's like a, there was just, I was just reading through a thread on Reddit where it was like, it was like men of Reddit. What's the weirdest thing you were told was gay that you did? And people were, it was like the most insane things that people were listing, like wearing lotion or wearing sunscreen. (laughs) Like people were like, bro, it's totally gay to not want sun cancer. Like what? (laughs) Skin cancer, I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. But like it's, it's, it's the same it's sort of thing. thing as like, how how does wearing a mask make you less masculine? What? How does protecting yourself from a disease make you? That makes no sense. No. And oh my gosh, there were so guys. Fragile. There were so guys fragile. running like a six minute mile with them on today. And they're like, oh, I'm not getting sick. Throw that. Also, like my dad and I have an uncle who rides Harleys. Yeah. And he wears the like masks that you would think that a guy <laughs> wears Harley's would wear. So sure. you, can, you can buy them to fit your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, like I said, we had the barbecue today and I um, for my church. And I honestly, I didn't feel comfortable serving, um, but I did help set up the tents. And it was me and all of like the guys in the church and they all had masks on. Mm-hmm. They're all blue, you know, a lot of them are blue collar working class heroes. And they're like, that's just the eagles. They, they all go, you know, that's just the respectful thing to do. Uh, that's the key. Yeah, it's just the right thing to do. And it's also respectful to business owners who are requesting that you wear a mask in their place of business to abide by that. Yes. And considering it might hurt. I've there are businesses that are enforcing and I've had to stop going there. Uh, yeah, me too. I won't name names, but yes, me too. I won't either. No, absolutely not. But, and I know it's not the business owner's fault, but, but it, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to run that risk for something that I can get somewhere else. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so do the right thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Do the right thing. Who raised you? <laughs> raised you. I wasn't raised in a barn. No, the people that love you would want you to wear one. The people that mm-hmm. love you want you to be safe. 
Mm-hmm. And we want you to be safe. Mm-hmm. So I guess I have to ask you a random question. Ask me a random question. Hmm. What's the weirdest thing someone told you was getting? No, I'm not asking. <laughs> What's the strangest thing that you've bought on Amazon? The strangest thing I bought on Amazon? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think anything I bought on Amazon was strange, but maybe that's because I had a use for everything I was buying on Amazon. If you, if it, with no context, what was strange? Oh, I, I, it's a tie. This is from 2019, my 2019 orders. Either diatomaceous earth or. What is that? Snow cleats. It's between one of those. What's diatomaceous? So, so diatomaceous earth is, um, it's essentially like ground up. I don't want to say ground up fossils because that makes me sound terrible, but it's like um, ground up. Oh, no, it's ground up like dead sea life. And it's a pest repellent, like a natural pest repellent. So what happens is it's in our food. Yeah. So like they, they'll use it in like grain and stuff like that to keep the bugs out, but we can still eat it. Um, you can buy a food grade kind. So what happens is it's it has these like microscopic shards. Mm-hmm. So if a bug walks through the diatomaceous earth, the shards go into their exoskeleton and dry them out. Huh. So you can, it's also, um, the food grade is also great for like, if my sister puts it on the chickens to keep the like fleas and bugs off of them, huh. you can put it on your pets to keep the fleas off of them. I, I bought it from when I had an ant problem. It didn't really do anything. <laughs> and then the snow cleats, of course, are are like a you put them on your shoes and you can literally walk on ice it's like a rubber thing rubber like yeah, I had that goes on the bottom of your shoes with the spirals the yeah like steel spirals i had those everyone when I, at work was like oh, i want to get those <laughs> i had those when i worked in home care uh-huh yeah i had yep. those i yeah because i would have to walk you know i was going to see people that didn't feel well they weren't shoveling their walkway exactly and now we just had a we had a, a parking lot we parked in that did not belong to the company I work for. Oh. It was a Jason building, but they didn't always de-ice their uh, parking lot. So oh, I hate that. that. But what was your weirdest thing you bought on Amazon? The thing I, I, I guess it was like random, but I obviously, I had a use for it. I had a like 64 count bag of buttons. <laughs> I thought I was buying 16, but I'd, like the package came oh, yesterday. No. And it was 64. So the reason I bought it is obviously I'm a nurse. I'm a healthcare worker. I have to wear a mask um, constantly. So we have been jerry-rigging everything possible to yeah. make the mask more comfortable. So I've been liking the headband with the buttons on the side. So I bought really cute headbands that like twist in the front. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sew buttons onto the side of them. And I thought I was buying 16 buttons. I have 60. <laughs> So if you need a headband with buttons on the side of them, um, holla at your girl. <laughs> your girl has multiple. Yeah, girl has a lot of buttons. Well, I mean. COVID. If you ever bust a button on your pants or something, you don't have to worry about it. They're ob- not. They're like one inch brightly <laughs> colored. Perfect. Uh, COVID, but make it fashion. Yes. Hey, a lot of um, uh, uh, couture designers are selling headbands like that. They're like, oh my gosh, they're a god. They're so much better. Like I had somebody crocheted us like these little things that you put on top of your heads and you attach into the buttons. But I'm really, oh, nice. I'm really liking the headbands because yes. uh, I have a lot of baby hairs and it kind of pushes them down a little bit. Oh yeah, um, me too. And I'm that's so- a good idea actually. And I'm sort of a problematic hairline. <sighs> Same. 
Oh, do you really? I've, yeah. Like we're at, like, I've got those like two little nubbins that in, on the sides of my head that I, yeah, I've got a, I've got a terrible hairline anyway. Um, so it kind of covers it up and, uh, helps my look a little bit. So that was my, that was my random Amazon purchase, I guess. That is pretty funny. It was a funny, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got the package yesterday and I'm like, I didn't want this many buttons, <laughs> but. I suppose you could donate them to someone who sews if you want. Yeah. Or, you know, honestly, how long am I going to be wearing a mask? I'll, I'll probably use them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, you could always use a button around the house. They're cute. They're really cute. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'll make you one if you want. There we go. Yeah. I'll give them out as Christmas gifts because, you know. <laughs> Just the buttons. Just a button in a box. <laughs> Somebody thinks they're getting like jewelry or something from you, and it's, it's just a button. <laughs> Surprise! This button was on the Titanic. <laughs> really? Uh, this is a plastic button. Yeah, uh, I think they had really nice like ivory buttons back then. Actually, no, it was a third class passenger's button. <laughs> it was a poor man's button. <laughs> subscribe to us on patreon which we don't have yet and we'll get you a titanic button well oh yeah we'll send you a button <laughs> we'll send you a button that was on the titanic but not really but not really no. on the titanic inside of our hearts <laughs> yeah <laughs> but now the button of the ocean <laughs> I remember going to see Titanic with my grandmother in theaters. I saw it like three times in theaters, which is a miracle because it was a really long movie. Um, yeah. And I'm not really appropriate for children. It's whatever. Um, and I was sitting with my grandmother and she was saying through the entire thing. Now, when is Celine going to sing her song? <laughs> That's all grandma cared about. Now, when is Celine going to sing her song? And that, my friends, is the case of Mary Mallon. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Um, Tell people why you need a stool sample from them. Yes. Don't provide a stool sample unless there's a medical reason to. Yeah, have them get something in writing. Mm-hmm. Make sure your insurance covers it. Or that they're going to foot the bill. No, make sure they foot the bill for it. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> and if someone chases you out of the room with a fork, just cut your losses. Yes. Hey, man, I tried. Yep. Patient refused. I tried. All right, folks. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BiopsychPod or on Facebook at Biopsychosocial, a podcast. Yes, which is what our the name of this podcast is. Biopsychosocial. Socially, right. socially distant is just a little fun thing that we're adding. Yes. Well, we love you. We love you. Thanks for your continued support. Be kind to each other. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. And do something nice for yourself. Yes. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.